again and I'll give you uh, what I'm thinking on. But the Bible says this in, in, in verse number 18, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. And I want to notice that last phrase there. Paul's not writing uh, to someone who is in a sense is going to get saved. He's writing to those who have already been saved. Read the context there and you'll see. And, and I want to preach this tonight is we still need the gospel. May I say that uh, it's important that you and I as believers uh, that we don't get hardened to the message, that we don't uh, just allow it to be something we hear. I know, let me say something. You, you preach, you say, well, why do you preach it all the time? And here I'm going to give you the reason. Is there, listen, there is more messages, in the God, more messages in the Word of God than the gospel. I'm, I'm right. Don't get nervous. Don't get nervous. Paul told Timothy to preach the whole counsel of God. But let me say something to you. There's not more important message than the gospel. And I want to I get this to you. I think about sometimes if we're not careful in our lives, we can get uh, just comfortable or used to something, and it don't affect us or impact. I'll, I'll, I'm about 30-some days without having a Coca-Cola. Now listen to me. Before that, I, was, we, I, I went to Kroger. I, we had, I bought, it was on sale. Praise God, it was on sale. And I bought four 12-packs right before I knew I was going to start doing this. And I was just drinking them because I like it, and I was drinking them. But I thought about how, if I'm not careful, the next Coke I have, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to savor it. But you know, if we're not careful, just like with something like that, we'll hear something and that message won't do anything to us. You know, I'm saved and, 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 and is. But I want to say something to you, the gospel, and that's what I'm going to preach tonight, the gospel is just more than salvation. It's a message that ought to change us and move us throughout our lives. And if we're not careful, we'll, we'll allow ourselves to hear it, but not necessarily hear it the way that we need to because we have believed, because we have been saved. And, and, and Paul's talking to those that have been saved here. He says, to us which are saved. That's important. And I want you to know, he says, it is the power of God. And, and, and to the world, as we see in this same verse, he gives the contrast. There's a world out there, let me say something to you, that the gospel is for. There isn't a man, woman, boy, or girl. You want to figure out the demographic. You can divide us and split us how you want to, but let me tell you how we're really divided. We're divided by being lost or being saved. That's really how it is. And in any other way, any other capacity, man's lost or saved. But I'm going to say something to you. The gospel will fit everybody. The gospel will meet the need. You know what the gospel is? The gospel identifies man's greatest need with the intention to meet it. You, you, that's why it's good news. God's, God didn't send it down here for us just to, to go off with it. God sent it for us to believe it, for us to trust in it, that you and I could be saved. It was sent with a purpose, but it identifies our greatest need. And to some people, that word foolishness, it means folly. It means absurdity. They think we're crazy. Now, they're going to come to find out we ain't as crazy, and I hate that. I don't want people to go to hell. I want people to hear the message of the gospel. If I knew how, if there was something I, I, I pray, I study, I want to effectively communicate the Word of God, but I can't make somebody believe it. I can't make them. If I knew how to make them, we would do that. I mean, to be honest, if we knew how to make people believe the gospel, we would do that. But I can't do that. All I'm supposed to do is proclaim it. But I want to say something to you. You're, not, you're here tonight and you're lost. Let me tell you something. The gospel fits you. You say, how do you know? Because it meets your greatest need. 
And it'll fit your life from every day going forward. But I want you to notice a few things about the gospel, why we still need to hear. Though I want to look at this first, it, it has given to us. The gospel has given to us already in a past tense type of phrase. If, you, if you're in your Bible and you want to turn Romans 1 and 16, Paul or Tom's been teaching about this and Paul's writing to the church at Rome. And, and, and one of the most important passages and I think powerful passages, the Bible says this in verse 16. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And you say, well, 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 think about that for a second. I've been saved. Can I say something to you? The gospel in your, if you're here tonight and you're saved, the gospel's already given to you. It's already done something for you. And I want to get this point out. It has done something for us. Paul was writing here the amazing thing about the book of Romans. And Tom's going through it, doing a wonderful job at it. Paul is saying, listen, I've got this message and I want to give it to you. And he spends the next three chapters telling them why they need it. The next three chapters is, you know why nobody wants to read Romans 1 through 3? Because it tells us who we really are. But let me say something to you. Until you really know who you really are, you ain't ready to get saved. You've got to know that you're lost before you can get saved. Why would you cling to a life raft if you didn't realize you was in danger of drowning? Right? But Paul is writing here and he tells us some things. Notice this. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. It is the gospel message that a man, woman, boy, or girl, they believe in their heart and upon their putting their faith in Jesus Christ, they are saved and they have salvation. That's what the gospel does. It's an eternal message. And it's a, what I like this, to everyone. Now, not only is it available to everyone, but everyone that's willing to believe it can be and will be saved. There's not a, uh, there's not a thing in here that says might be. Let me say something to you. If you will put your faith and trust in Christ, no matter your track record, your past history, the things that you've done, let me say something to you. God will save you. That's what will happen. And, and it's this message that has, has changed people's eternities. It's changed the world. And it's something that in his church, let me say to you, I, I, I hope you guys say, well, we, we hear the gospel all the time. You better say that. If you ever get to the place you realize, well, we're not hearing the gospel, let me say something to you. You better, go, you better call on the board, call on the preachers, or find another place. You better hear the gospel regularly. I mean, that don't mean, let me say something to you. You can't build a church when it gets this. Hold on to me. You get people saved, but let me say something to you. The gospel, everything builds upon it. I'm going to talk about it. We don't preach a gospel every single message. He told us the whole council. I'm back to that again. I don't want to get you all confused, but I'm going to say something to you. Everything stands on the gospel. But look here. It's a message that has given salvation. You're here tonight and you're lost. Let me say something to you. The only thing standing uh, between you and dying lost is, is the choice you're going to make with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Tom said it so wonderfully today. Jesus didn't come down. He didn't have to come down here to condemn us. We already were condemned. John, John 3, 17, For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Do you re God didn't come down here to tell us how bad we are and that we were destined to go to a devil's hell because we sinned. We was already that way. He didn't have to leave His throne to do that. He didn't have to leave heaven to do that. But He came down here that you and I might be saved. And what Paul, what the gospel is, is, hey, telling somebody else, Christ came to save us from a godless eternity that we could be saved. That's why it's good news. The greatest need of our lives. I think about it. 
Ephesians chapter number 1, verse 13. Paul writing again. And he says this, he says, In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom, after, in whom also after that ye believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Do you realize it's here that you got saved? Notice he says, the gospel of your salvation, in that you heard the word of truth, and whom after you believed. It's the message that, that you and I, this is how we get saved. Let me say something to you. Uh, uh, you. Nobody's gotten saved in this church age without the gospel being presented. That's the message. Now, it may not be. It may be times that it's more detailed. Maybe times it's simple as just giving it that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures and that He was buried and on the third day rose again according to the Scriptures. It may be a simple thing. It may be a, a very dim depth. But let me say something to you. You don't get saved without it. That's why we better be dispensing it. Listen to me. We get away from the gospel, we're fooling ourselves if we think we can help this community. If we, if we, let, let me tell you something. There's things we can do and we do do here for, to help others in this community. And I think it's great that we do them, but let me say something to you. Our purpose is not for backpacks and clothes and, and food. That's not our, listen to me. Those are all good things, but listen, our purpose is to help men and women be saved eternally and to know Jesus and to serve Him and fulfill the will of God for their life. If we're not doing that, we're just wasting our time. But that starts with the gospel. That's why we got to have it. But it's something that is already given to the believer. Paul writing in 1 Corinthians 1.18, he's, he's saying that the gospel, it, it, they've already been saved. They've already believed on the gospel. But he's saying, listen, you're not done with the gospel. And I want to go back to that verse number 18. I want you to look at this for a second. Notice the two words in that verse there towards the end. It is. Now he says it back in Romans 1 and 16. And at the time you were lost, when you believe, it is the power of God of salvation. But as he's talking here with believers who've already been saved, he says, it still is the power of God. May I say, it, it has given to us and it gives to us. It's a message that you and I, this is why we can't, uh, we ought not get over it. And, I, and we're all honest, we all have heard it and it didn't do anything to us. Let's just be honest. That's an honest statement. We've all heard it. We've all at times heard a presentation of it. And, and, and it just went right over us, went right through us as if it was nothing. And when we stop for a second and think, because we hear it all the time, I think it, we're not careful, we allow ourselves to get that way. We better work at not doing that. That's how, that's how they left their first love in Revelation chapter number 2, the church at Ephesus. They got over some things, things that they heard. I mean, they were doing all the things they were supposed to do read about the church, but they left their first love. They got over what Jesus did for them. Can I say something to you? Hey, though I was saved years ago, listen to me, I ought to live as if I got saved today. That ought to way we ought to live. And I'm going to show you some things that Paul even, Paul never got over. You know why Paul went through, you go to, Greg's going to get there, uh, eventually he's going to get there in 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. You'll read there. There's about six verses that I would say as a combination of the church, you and I have never went through altogether what Paul went through. Out in the deep, beat so many times. He was, sometimes he was naked and hungry. Sometimes, I mean, he just went through all these, I mean, I'm talking about, and listen, this wasn't things that he suffered for his own will or his own things. He suffered these because of his faith in Jesus Christ. 
And, 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 and you say, well, what in the world? Why would Paul continue? Why would Paul keep going? Why, even after all those things, would Paul still press toward the mark? Why did he say, I want to finish well and do the right things? You know why? Because he never got over the gospel. Can I say something to you? The gospel is a motive for right living. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, the Bible says this in verse 14 and verse 15. It says, For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Do you see there's the gospel right in there? Christ died and Christ rose again, and Paul's saying, Listen, hey, because because he loved us, because of what Jesus did for us, hey, because of what the gospel message is, we ought to live for him today. I mean, this ought to be, in a sense, this ought to be a verse, uh, two passages of scripture that we look on and say, this is how I'm going to live every day. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, I want to, you know, we get some things, we're like, well, I'm going to do that this week. I think, th through this diet, I say, well, I'm going to hang on to this thing till I get finished, okay? I'm talking about that, but in every day, I've got to make that decision. We, got to, we ought to see ourselves that way. We ought to not lose sight of what this message. Paul is saying, this is what motivated. He's saying, I, the love of Christ, it got a hold of his heart. And he said, because it did, he said, I'm going to live for him or die for him, whatever it may be. I'm going on for him because he died and rose again. That's the gospel. It's a motive for right living. In the midst, let me say something to you, in the midst of temptation... You know what would be good to have in your memory bank? When the devil's telling you to go on, he's hammering at your flesh, whatever it may be. You're saying all them things. You know what would be a good memory bank to just pull up? Just open up and say, for Christ died for my sins. Christ died for our sins according to scriptures. Let me say something to you. In the midst of a temptation, you start thinking about Calvary. Let me say something to you. You're going to have to really, really make some tough decisions to not, to not get against that. To remember what Christ did for you. I'm talking about, can, can you see that the motive for my every, the way that I treat people, the way that we act, the things, my conduct, when, by my, when nobody's watching, the gospel ought to move me to live right. In the times when nobody else sees it except God, can I say something to you? We ought to be motivated to say, Lord, though nobody sees me, I want to do the right thing. And what that is motive from is the gospel. I mean, listen, he died for everybody, but I want you got to think about this for a second. He died for me, and he died for you. And I don't know all of your past, and you don't know all of my past. And when he says, I know mine. And thank God he died and rose, shed his blood at Calvary and rose again. And let me say something to you. That ought to motivate us. That ought to move our hearts. I mean, even greater than a word motivate, I don't have one, but I'm talking about it ought to, in the depths of our heart, it ought to such grasp a hold of us that, I mean, we ought to desire to never to sin. Yeah. We should never. Now, listen, that don't mean we ain't going to. But that's the power of the gospel. It's not just something I believe years ago. Because it is something I believe years ago. But it's something still relevant for me today. He said it is the power of God. I'm talking about you want to have the power of God in the situations, circumstances of your life? Hey, remember the gospel. Remember that good news. It ought to change us. It ought to move us. I mean, the message itself, it'll motivate us. But let me say something to you. Everything stands on it. It's a foundational message. Notice 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. Paul said this. Moreover, 
That's a preacher term for I got something else to say, all right? Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preach unto you, which you have also received, notice this last phrase, and wherein ye stand. It's a foundational thing. Can I say something to you? Everything about the Christian faith. We can, I can show you this same verse in, in Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It says no works get you saved. No works get you in. Nothing you can do. And, and may I say, that, that's not natural for man to accept. Uh, and there's a lot of people in this day and age that's trying, I mean, they're trying to work their way into heaven. You can do all kinds of good works, but here's what you can't do. Have the authority to judicially declare someone righteous on the presence of Calvary. You can, listen, in the eyes of man, you can live a certain way that they would think you're a righteous person. But it's not the eyes of man we're trying to, to, to appease here. We're talking about God in heaven. And nobody has the authority, the power, the thing. You may change your life in a sense. You may reform the way that you live. You may change your action. I thought about this. You know what? Our world, even if, even if people didn't believe the Word of God, our world would be a better place if people just tried to practice the Bible anyways. I mean, even if they didn't believe it, they didn't want to be saved, but if they just said, well, I'm going to live my life by this book. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to treat my neighbors as I should. Our world would be a better place. Now, that ain't going to get them saved, but I was just thinking how, how, the, how the Word of God's better for us. I mean, it's just it's a wonderful book, but think about this. None of those things can change our standing in heaven. That's what people's thinking about here. They're thinking, well, what I do here, can it change me there? There's nothing that can change you there except trusting in what Jesus did at Calvary. That's why God, on the basis of Calvary, can declare us righteous before Him. That's what we're missing. I mean, Tom's going to talk about it. He already has in his, in his Wednesday night study. And if you don't come, you ought to be here for that because it's, it's wonderful. I mean, this book is just full of truth on this. But think about this for a second. It's a foundational message. And I got off in Ephesians 2.10 says, right after talking about no works get you in, nothing you have to do. And then the next verse says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. You know what verse number 10 is? Verse number 10 says, you stand once you get saved. Everything we are and do rests upon the gospel of Jesus Christ. All the, all, every, everything that the believer is commanded to do in the New Testament, you pick out something, let me say something to you, it all rests and is founded upon the gospel. Because without the gospel, you can do all those things and it will not save you. It will not please God. God is pleased when someone who will repent of their sins and trust Jesus as salvation and we get in and then after that we can live in a way that pleases Him but our works will not get us salvation. It's the gospel. And Paul's saying we're standing on this. Can I say something? That's why 1 Corinthians 15 is so important. They, they start saying, well, the resurrection's already passed and all this. Let me say something to you. If Christ didn't rise up out of the grave, you and I are as bound for hell as I'm standing here tonight. Paul's defending the faith, and here's what he's doing. But he first defines that gospel, and, 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 he, and he tells us, listen, you got in on the gospel, and you're standing there. Can I say something to you? It's a sure place to stand. Oh, I'm glad. I'm not, talk, I'm not resting in things I've done. I'm glad that I don't, I've waffled. Am I the devil tell you all kinds? Of, I'm glad. I'm, you know who I'm trusting? I'm trusting in Jesus Christ. And what he did at Calvary. Not one ounce or bit of anything I can offer or add. Let me say something. You can't add to it. 
You can't. It's not, well, all of Jesus and then a percent of us doing something. It don't work that way. The standing is on the solid rock. It's on the foundation of the gospel that Christ died for our sins. But everything we do is built upon that. Our character, how we're supposed to be, what we're supposed to do is founded on the gospel. That's why we can't go without the gospel. Why, preacher, I've been saved for 15 years. Let me say something to you. Everything you're doing is resting on what Jesus did at Calvary. and It's built upon that. All of our works and everything, because listen, none of the things we would do would matter if we didn't get and rest and trust in the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's going to be people at the great white throne judgment that probably did more things than believers did who will be at the judgment seat of Christ. But the difference was they had no standing before God. Their works didn't mount to a hill of beans. I mean, they could give their wallet away, they could do everything they wanted to, and they may get some glory and men's applause down here. But without the gospel, without faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did at Calvary, it's all for naught. I mean, we, we, we've been out, been visiting, I, I think about it, times I've joked, but most of the ones of the, the churches that go out, or I'll just call them organizations, they ain't churches, some of them are, but a lot of the organizations that go out here and knock on doors in Dunbar, can I say something to you? They're trying to get into heaven. That's why they're going. Listen to me. We didn't meet here yesterday because we're trying to get in. We met here yesterday because we are in. I'm as just as much a citizen of heaven as I am right here. That's in Ephesians chapter number 2. I'm just, hey, listen, I, I, I'm going there. I'm not there yet, but I'm sure going there because of what Jesus did at Calvary. And we need to remember, talking about a motive, talk about a standing, why we do what we do, because if we don't forget the gospel, it will help us live every single day. If every day matters, it ought to be a message that changes us. It ought to be a message that moves us. And lastly, not only is it have, has it given to us, and not only does it give to us, it is. It's still a message that impacts us and should. And we ought to work in our hearts to not get over it. We ought to think about the great truths of it. And I mean, we'll never in our finite minds be able to grasp completely what Jesus did for us at Calvary. There's just, we will one day, but we can't here. I mean, I, just you think about the message. The gospel message is perhaps the, the most prolific, profound message but it's presented in such a way that a five- and six-year-old little boy can get saved. That's called God. I'm talking about we can't even go to the depths of what took place at Calvary. I mean, we see it in the, in the simplicity. We, we hear it that Christ died for our sins, and that itself enough is, is, is a remarkable thing. It's not only judging you and I, but it presents us the way that you and I can be saved. God's saying, you, need, you know why Christ died? Because we needed him to if we're going to be saved. We couldn't do without it. Thinking about what you were saying, Joe, I was thinking about when you were saying that, before the foundation of the world, he had already planned to die for my sins. Now, I, this is at me, and y'all's this way too. If you know it's going to be a disaster, most of the time you just say, we ain't doing that. Like, there's certain things like kids will come up with ideas, you know, and they'll say something, and Mike will be like, well, let's do this, and I can already see the stitches. I can, 
I can, I can see the broken glass. I can see, you know, many different things going on. And, and I'm like, no, we're not going to do that. I just stop it before it starts. But I'm glad for a God in heaven. He knew me. He knew everything I ever did, everything I'm ever going to do while I'm in this earth. But he said, I'm going to go and I'm going to redeem them. I'm going to pay the penalty for his sin because I want to have a relation with him eternally. Man, that's powerful. Before the foundation of the world, God said, I'm still going to go. I'm glad Calvary wasn't a reaction. Calvary wasn't calling 911 when the emergency happened. Calvary knew, listen, Calvary was planned just as much as when he said in the beginning, in the beginning God created the heaven and earth and he said let there be light. Before he said let there be light, he had already knew what he was going to do. The countdown was on because when the fullness of time would come, and let me say something to you, that ought to move us. But we do have to work at that, to not let us get over not let us just think, well, I, I, I got saved years ago. I mean, it ought to be an actively working message in our lives that, that, that it is the power of God. But let me say, because it's so important, you know what else it needs to be? It needs to be given. It's an amazing thing that you and I have been entrusted with this. I mean, Tom said this this morning, talking about the pressure of duty and if you've never done it, you, you, I can't explain it to you. It's there. And I mean, you know, we don't get up here to play. There's a purpose. This isn't entertainment. This isn't like, well, you know, like I played sports all my life. And, and, and I mean, even when we go play basketball or whatever, I mean, I, you know, I think, well, I missed that shot. I'll get another shot. But can I say something? It ought to bother us. There is a pressure because, let me say something to you, not only am I going to be held accountable for everything that I say here, but I want to be sure that I give the best. I'm glad God can, he can draw a straight line with a crooked stick. I'm glad he can't. I know, listen, I know God can because if he can use me, he can use anything. But, I, but I'm talking about there's a pressure here because what if this is the last time for somebody? Standing up here with a message that can change someone forever. I, sometimes it, it hits me and it dawns on me. And we ought to think about this more often. Did you ever just think about hell and then just think about it just going on forever? Sometimes that message grips my heart. Especially I get on it, pre I don't enjoy preaching on hell, but I'll be honest with you, it's as much a, a, of a necessary message as, as, as any message in the Word of God. Because it's a, it, it's a reality that it's really going to, and we can talk about it and we can say things, but I mean, you ever just thought about someone you knew being there? I mean, I'm just being honest. You're just, I mean, that ought to grip us for a little bit. I mean, outside of my world of caring about my job and all, you know, we get caught up in all these things, but I mean, just stop for a second and realize that person I work with every day, that, that neighbor I have down the street, that family member that I don't see all the time. Do you realize that, listen, God's put you here for a purpose. He's put you here with a message that we ought to be giving, the, not just the preachers, but I'm talking about everybody that's been saved is to give this message out because eternity lies on that. That's why we ought to be serious about it. I mean, when we, when we come here, I enjoy the fellowship of this church, and we ought to do everything we can and more to try to get that gospel message out. We can't make people come, but we can present the gospel, and God can work in their hearts. But they're going to make a choice. But you know what? God has entrusted us with that message. Think about something valuable. I mean, this message right here, Mark 16, 15, Jesus said this, and he said unto them, 
Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Every creature needs a preacher, right? All the world. You say, well, I mean, even the places, you know, my mind don't... I've been, I've been to other countries. Uh, I've been to some place in America. I mean, I've never been west of the Mississippi. I mean, I, I, read, I, read, about Cal- I read about all the craziness that happens west of the Mississippi. I've never been out there. I hope to go one time. But do you realize in reality that there's really people living there? And, 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 and we, we think, I mean, I, I, I just stop right there and say, thank God I live in West Virginia. That's a good amen right there. Thank God I live in West Virginia. Thank God he planted me here. He could have planted me anywhere. But I'm glad to be here. But do you realize that same gospel that saved me is good for every single person everywhere? From the smallest town to the biggest city, this is the message that will change forever. And God has given us, right here in Dunbar, West Virginia, I, I, I don't know if, if, we would see, if we would see a national map, this is not the city you'd see on the weather. You know, when they see the weather and they show one, I mean, sometimes they don't even get Charleston right. You know, they'll say Charleston, Virginia. They don't even know us over here. But, but you know what I'm talking about. You'll see a map and they'll show some big cities. Those big cities need this message. And it's for them. It'll fit them. And God said to go to them. But those ones where even when we get the locals... And I mean, you see Charleston, and you see Huntington, and you'll see, maybe you'll see Taze Valley, you'll start seeing it. But in the midst of there, there's an exit 53. Between Charleston, between Huntington, they may say, well, the weather's going to be here in Charleston, the weather's going to be here in Huntington, but in the middle of that, there's a place called Dunbar. That God's called you to be here, and God's called us to take this gospel to the people here in Dunbar that don't even show up on the local weather map. They may not, the weather may not be important to people around here in Dunbar, but God said the gospel is. And we has planted us here to give it out, to go with it, to present it, to preach it, to live it all that we can so that people can be saved. That's what he's called us to do. It's a message to be given. The church, I mean, we hear the Great Commission. You realize when Jesus, he, he left them here with this in Matthew 28, and he says this, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. He said, teach all nations. You know what that's saying? Give them the gospel. None of the other part matters till you get saved. People emphasize baptism. They're wrong. Baptism don't save you. You get saved after you get baptized. I wish I, wish I could get a lot of, I, they wouldn't give me the time. And I wouldn't go preach here. But I'd stand outside their church and I'd show them Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10. There's no water in Ephesians 2, 8, 9. There's no works. He actually says no, no, no works at all. There's no water. There's no works. What there is is grace. That's what gets them in. I've, had, I've witnessed the people, I'll never forget this, our hot water tank went out when we lived at Nitro. I mean, a thing would have been, I don't know, we've been here, what, eight years since we've lived down at our house in Taze Valley. And I mean, it was right before we left, maybe a year or two before we left, and that thing was put in the same year I was born. I mean, whatever they made, they made it good back in. And I remember we had two guys come in, they come in and took the old one out, and, and they come in and put the new one in, and I started witnessing them guys, and and, and, and this one guy told me, he gave me a story. He said, he said, oh, man, I was baptized in the Potomac River. He said, I remember, he said, he said man, I, I, mean, I just went down and I came back up and, I mean, my life changed. 
You know what? I never had anything of his testimony that he ever repented and asked Christ to save him. He, all he could tell me was he was baptized. Now let me say something to you. He might have been saved. He maybe left that out. Let me say he left out the best part of his testimony. If, if he had, but if he hadn't been, let me say something to you. All he did was get wet one day. You know what we need to do? Tom's message this morning was spot on. Not everywhere is this preached because there's a name of Jesus, because there's a cross or something like that. Are they preaching the pure gospel for by grace are you saved through faith? A lot of places, nobody knows they're lost. I don't want, I don't want this to happen, but it will happen. If the rapture takes place on a Sunday morning, and we'll say it happens at, I'm, I'm not giving a time, I'm just talking for a second, okay? Nobody knows the time, and I'm not foolish enough. Then people that do that, listen, if someone tells you they know when he's coming back, turn the knob off. Mute the button, leave, whatever you're going to do, because they're lying to you, okay? They don't know. But I'm just saying, if it happened on a 10.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. on a Sunday morning, that would get us, that would be the eastern time zone and be probably starting church in the central time zone. If the rapture took place, there'd be people sitting in buildings, still. Buildings that were, had crosses, had the name of Jesus, but they never preached the gospel. We better, and he, you're so right this morning, we better stay with what the Word of God says. We could do things to get more people here. Listen, I mean, I'll just be honest with you. We could, do, we could have advertised something tonight to get 75 more people in here. Or we could have said, hey, if you'll come to church tonight, we'll give you 50 bucks. Right, some people would have came for that. Inflation, you better come for that, right? But I want you to think, we could do all kinds of motives to get people in here. But our motive is not just to get them in here. Our motive is to give a clear presentation of the gospel. And we want to stay within the means that the Word of God has told us. We're not going to alter what we do. They may like it better if I sat down and didn't spit and swallow. And, and listen, I mean, I'm not as old as Tom, but, and he's been in this a long time, but I, I'm, I'm telling you, listen, I'm old when it comes to preaching. I don't know how any else to do it any other way than what I'm doing right now. And I know it ain't great. I'm really trying my hardest to communicate the Word of God, but this is the best I got. I mean, listen, I ain't from Boone County. I just sound like it. I work. I try, I mean, I try to work on these things. Listen, we could get more people in here if we changed how we presented things. If we did things that would uh, bring an atmosphere of culture. To, let me say something to you. Everybody's welcome here. But I'm going to say something to you. Whether or not you feel good in the sense of by what you heard from this pulpit or not is not our concern. Now listen, when you come in here, I want people to feel welcome. I, I, I mean, I, I want people to come in here and, 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 and feel like, hey, this is a place that will welcome me in. Let me say something to you. We should welcome everybody in here. But the moment that we start moving our message or our methods to try to get them to stay here outside of presenting a clear presentation of the gospel of Jesus Christ... We've messed up. Now, there's people that come in here all the time, one time, and never come back. And they may come, let me say something to you. They may come in here, and they may have, they say, I, I, it may be all kinds of reasons why they don't come back, but never, never be that they didn't hear a clear presentation of the gospel. I mean, I, I, that's how important it is. Because the gospel can change us for eternity. And you and I, 
right here in this city. It's our Jerusalem. This is, this is our Jerusalem. You talk about, I mean, we're going, listen, we're going to start reaching Samaria and the other part. We're reaching other parts of the earth. We're going to start going around to these other cities. We're not going to stop in Dunbar. But God has, do you realize the purpose that you're here tonight is? One of the purposes is God's planted us here in this. We don't all live in Dunbar. Some of you all live in Dunbar. I don't live in Dunbar. Some of us don't live in Dunbar. But let me say something. If you're a member of this church, God's called you to get the gospel out to Dunbar. And we've got to work together to do that. It's a message to be given. That's why we want to run buses. That's why we want to pick them up. I mean, I, I, that's why we, we want to knock on doors. I mean, I ain't trying to Jehovah Witness myself into somebody's house. I ain't trying to, you know, twist the doorknob. I just want to give them a clear presentation of the gospel because if eternity matters. So while all this whole message comes down to this right here. Judy, you can get ready to play, and I'm done. And I mean that. We still need to hear this message. And by hearing it, I mean we really need to hear this message. We need to be reminded. We need to recall. You're going through something. You're, you're serving the Lord in adversity. Let me say something to you. It'd be good if you remembered the gospel. Pulled Paul through. We need to recall it, remember it. I mean, I don't know the time that I say, but I could take you to the place. I don't even, but my parents don't even live there anymore. I could drive you there. I could take you down there. The carpet's changed. People live, it's, I don't know what it looks like in there, but I could take you to the place where I called on God, asked him to forgive me my sins. We need to remember, and we still need to hear the gospel. Let us not get over it. But I mean, if, if you find yourself a little bit hardened to it, just remind yourself of where you was before you got saved and where you were headed. I'm telling you what, we ought to be sensitive to it. I'm we all have this. We're not careful. We read over it. We hear it. We go on. But we need to be reminded. So what's, what's a good motivation to live right tomorrow? How about that Christ died for our sins?